The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It's game week here on Talk of Champions. Ole Miss and Memphis kick off Saturday. Yes, the football season has finally arrived, and with it, gambling. Today's guest on Talk of Champions, Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now a tight end for the Chicago Bears, as well as Sean Robinson for some basketball flair for recruit check. But first, let me tell you about my bookie, one of the many proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and that's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there like me, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. MyBookie offers up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. It doubles your first deposit. Use the promo code TOC for Talk of Champions. TOC to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E and don't forget to use the promo code TOC for Talk of Champions when creating your account. MyBookie bet, win, get paid. And now, it's Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's game week. And this is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. In the guest co-host chair is Suda Upadeya. At Suda Upadeya on Twitter, you can check him out on Channel 5 in Memphis. And today, two guests on Talk of Champions. First up, Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now a tight end for the Chicago Bears, as well as Sean Robinson, the last addition to the Ole Miss basketball 2019-20 roster. But Memphis and Ole Miss kick off Saturday to get things rolling for this 2019 football season. Suda, what's up, man? How you doing? Benjamin, how is it, man? How's it going? I'm good. It's game week. Do you feel it? Yeah, I feel it. I will be at the game. I know you won't, so I I probably feel it more than you do, honestly. It's up in the air right now whether or not I'm going. Really? Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. The Ole Miss spirit, we always need somebody behind the desk for the two or three in attendance to send back work to do to get it out there as soon as possible to the masses. So... I might be the guy behind the desk. I might be there. I haven't decided yet. We haven't figured out quite yet. We will know in a couple of days. Well, if I had it my way, I would love for you to be there, man. I'd love to sit next to you in the press box. Well, yeah, but we're never productive when we're together. 
this that's how you and I roll though, man. I remember, you know, we used to watch Ole Miss before I started shooting. Remember when I was working for V Sporto, I'd be in the press box with you. Those those are fun days. Yeah. Most of the time you were shooting video, some updated highlight packages and things like that. But now you work for Channel 5 in Memphis. That brings us to the first topic of the day. It's a status report brought to you by Impact by Ironwood. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS, 1-833-GO-TEAMS, or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. Status update injuries for Ole Miss and Memphis. I'll touch on Ole Miss in a second. Memphis-wise, how are they doing health-wise? Health-wise, uh, everybody that needs to be healthy is pretty much healthy for them. There's you know little knickknacks here and there in camp. Uh, nothing major for Memphis. Um, you know, a couple guys in boots every now and then, but you know they're back on the field, so nothing major, nothing to note really in terms of uh, injuries for Memphis so far. For Ole Miss, two guys to keep an eye on: Alex Givens, the best offensive lineman Ole Miss has on its roster, still undecided whether or not he's going to play at Memphis. There's optimism, but if you had to make me guess, put a gun to my head, said, "Hey." Is Alex Givens going to play? I'd say no. I think they'll play it cautious. He's been in pads, though he has not participated in drills and things of that nature, the physicality of practice. But there is optimism, though I still say it's doubtful. Um, And also Montreal Custis will not be available. Other than that, everybody's ready to go as of Friday. Things could change this week. Anything can happen in practice. Kadir Shepard's wearing a club on his hand from his injury. But right now, Ole Miss looks ready to go. When you look at this matchup since the last time we talked, has anything changed for you? Um, last time we talked, yeah, I said Ole Miss, right? But I think with the Givens injury, it, it puts things up in the air. I still think if Ole Miss's defense is, shows some form of improvement and can get to Memphis's quarterback and has shown an improvement in terms of uh, you know stopping the run, then the Rebels' offense, depending on what they look like, could possibly win. Ben, I don't know because it's it, you have two new coordinators on not only it's not, it's not just the coordinators, it's everything is kind of new for Ole Miss. Like whether it's Matt Corral and all the receivers leaving and Matt Corral being the starter, like the true bona fide starter now, or you know, some losses on the defensive end, like who's stepping up. I don't know enough about Ole Miss, like, you know, just day to day of what's going on on that end to to be able to like wholeheartedly confidently say Ole Miss can win. But Memphis does look good. They look good. And the practices I've been to, a lot of their skill guys, their running backs, receivers, they look good. They lost Daryl Henderson. They lost Tony Pollard. Everybody's going to look at those two guys and how much production they brought on the Memphis offense a year ago. But it's like the next man up thing here. It's it's quite amazing how Norvell has been able to recruit. And it, it doesn't look like they've, they've really skipped the beat on that end. Same thing I told you last time we talked, though. Quarterback Brady White. Does he have the arm to, to be able to pick apart Ole Miss's defense? That's what we're going to be looking for. Tony Pollard is now balling out for my Dallas Cowboys. So he is. Yeah, he is. Looks like Zeke's contract situation is going to get ironed out before the start of the season. So that's good for you. But if it didn't look like Pollard was going to be able to really carry a lot of that load. So he's still going to carry a pretty big load for him, though. He will. He will. As a Giants fan, I'm not really looking forward to having to play Tony Pollard. I'll say that. Yeah, it's a good player. But hey, pay, pay Dak Prescott all the money you want, man. Keep him in Dallas as long as you want. I'm good with that. Six and a half being the spread for Ole Miss Memphis in Memphis's favor still seems a little rich for me. Yeah, I mean, what is it about Ole Miss that you think is uh, would give them the advantage? I don't know if anything in particular gives them an advantage so much as I don't think that there's all that much of a disparity between these two teams. I think there are just as many question marks for Memphis as there are for Ole Miss right now. The whole deal with Ole Miss, the reason why there's so much doubt around Ole Miss is because everything is so new. And to right. expect everything to be clicking in game one seems foolhardy, but I've been a little bullish on this team. Not that they're going to be all that much different from last year, from a wins and losses perspective, that they will be more competitive in every single game. There won't be the 70 point loss to Alabama. There won't be an embarrassing loss to Mississippi state in the egg bowl to where Mississippi state had it wanted to could have set its score and beaten Ole Miss by whatever it wanted to beat it by. 
I think that the coaching changes are going to be a big deal. I think the personality of this team is going to be a little bit more rugged with Rich Rod and the way he goes about his business. And I think that offensively, they'll be more efficient when it matters, and that means the red zone. Because I think Ole Miss understands that its strength, unlike what they did last year in relying on the wrong guys when they got down there to nut-cutting time, they're going to play to those strengths. They're going to play to Scotty Phillips and Jerry Ely and Snoop Connor. They're going to allow Elijah Moore to touch the ball as many times as possible. They're going to get multiple running backs on the field. They're going to do misdirection. They didn't do a lot of misdirection last year. So I think there are some things that while, yes, they're unknowns, those unknowns can play to their advantage in a certain way going into a game like this. They didn't want anybody in the media to really see the team stuff because they don't want Memphis preparing for anything in particular. Rich Rod has always been able to cater and adjust his offense to his personnel. So, assuming that, you know that going into Memphis, what we know Rich Rod to be, what Memphis may be preparing for, is not necessarily what they're going to see. Now, Matt Corral has to be good, we all know that, but... I, I just believe that these coaching changes are going to be significant enough to where defensively they have nowhere else to go but up. Yes, they were in the hundreds in every statistical category last year. By default, they're going to be better just because they're going to be coached better. But there has to be something to returning the most starters on defense in the SEC, as well as there has to be something to returning the least amount of starters offensively in the SEC. So a number of different right. ways in which Ole Miss can be worse than expected or better than expected. But I do think that they can be competitive. And I think that starting Saturday, they know we have to get off to a good start. If we don't get off to a good start, is what Matt Luke's t- telling his team right now, it could turn pretty quickly. It will. I'm glad you said that. And that's the thing about that early game at the Liberty Bowl, man. It's insane how these people get up. Like Memphis people get up for that game. They get loud and or loud and rowdy. And I know there's going to be tons of Ole Miss fans at that game as well, thanks to the proximity. But that is like their like hour. Like that is when they play really well. There's just a different vibe inside of that stadium. I've been to the Liberty Bowl with like when no one is there, and it's just there's nothing going on. Like Memphis is playing well, they're winning, but there's not energy in that stadium. When it comes to a power five coming into the Liberty Bowl, they get up for that. And and that's going to make a difference. We saw that the last time Ole Miss was at the Liberty Bowl, you know, despite going up, you know, by what was it two touchdowns early. Once Memphis turned the tide, it, like the momentum never came back Ole Miss's way. And, and that energy in the stadium, that definitely plays a role. So you're absolutely right. And something to note for Memphis that I've noticed throughout camp this year is they have a new defensive coordinator. And his, the intensity on that side of the ball has seemed to have really improved. Not, you know, nothing against their old defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Ball, who's now at, I think, Northern Arizona or something. But the guy they have now, uh, Adam Fuller, man, he is an intense guy. And he's totally taken on, or the team has rather taken on his personality it kind of reminds me of when Tom Allen was the linebackers coach at Ole Miss how that entire unit literally when they needed a fire they went to Tom Allen and he kind of corralled them and got them together and you know a lot of the time like Ole Miss was outmatched the you know the the year that Tom Allen was the linebackers coach but it just seemed like he was able to rile them up and get those guys going uh and and they were able to succeed and, and play really well I get that same kind of vibe from Adam Fuller it's like he's this mean just tough nose kind of guy hard-nosed kind of guy that really gets his defense fired up. And, you know, they take on the, his personality. It's, it's, it's a bit scary. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. We should be available wherever you get your podcast. But if we aren't, tell me on Twitter at Spirit Ben. I'll make sure that it happens. And when you do go to iTunes, leave that five-star review. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com. An affiliate of 247 Sports. Bradley Sow coming up in about 10 minutes. Former Ole Miss offensive lineman. He's excited about Ole Miss football, but now a tight end for the Chicago Bears. And we have to talk about the number one story in football right now, and that's Andrew Luck retiring. Brad not only played with Andrew Luck, he's played against him. He was on the field when news broke about Andrew Luck retiring. So Brad coming up in just a little bit. And also Sean Robinson, the biggest and last huge addition for Ole Miss basketball for 2019-20. Make the case for Memphis and for Ole Miss winning on Saturday. Okay, for Ole Miss, uh, Matt Corral is just an absolute stud. I mean, this guy just takes control, moves around in the pocket despite the pressure he's going to face, and picks apart the secondary. They're going to have to move the ball with Matt Corral. I know Rich Rod with the run base spread and this and that. I just don't know. I don't know what Ole Miss is bringing in terms of the offensive line. I don't know who's how they're going to block. So I'm going to put this on Matt Corral for Ole Miss. Like you're going to need him to step up and make a big statement in that first game for Ole Miss to be able to win. On the defensive end, 
same thing. Get to Brady White and make sure Memphis has a lot of running backs. They have a lot of athletic guys. They put them in the slot. They bring them in the backfield. They move them around. They're pretty much hybrids. They're receiver running back hybrids. They're speedy, fast guys who can catch out of the backfield. Linebacker play is going to be big for that. And we know for Ole Miss that has been a weakness in the past. They're now in a uh, 3-4, right? They switched to 3-4 with McIntyre. So that's going to have to be big. You're going to have to get that line uh, of your defense really stepping up. And I feel like if they can get to Brady White, he's not going to be able to pick apart Ole Miss's secondary. So that's how Ole Miss wins, in my opinion. For Memphis, getting to Matt Corral, getting to him absolutely, I think, will stun this Ole Miss uh, offense. I think once they do that, if they can get to Matt Corral, I have a, I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to be able to stop this Ole Miss, uh, you know, run game as well. And on defense, like I said, it's just it's pretty much the same thing flipped over. I mean, the the amount of weapons that Norvell has at his disposal uh, in this offense could be a big factor in Memphis beating Ole Miss. Uh, can they tackle? I mean, are these guys going to be able to outrun this Ole Miss defense? So the same things we saw last year, just because we just don't know. Like, we have no idea what this defense is going to look like uh, this season. Game breakers, players that we don't know right now that can make a difference on Saturday. Give me Memphis. Trevion Samuel. This kid uh, was at Louisville. He was at Troy. He's now at Memphis. He's a power five guy that that ended up at Memphis. Um, Memphis's defense has had trouble covering him all I mean, he's he's phenomenal. Uh, He can play receiver, can also get some snaps in the backfield, which is going to be pretty interesting to see. But he's a name that it's a new name that we're going to see for the first time that could make an impact right away. Uh, I think some Ole Miss fans are probably familiar with J.J. Russell, who uh, came out of Grenada, plays linebacker, just a mean guy, man, loves to hit. He's somebody that I would definitely look out, uh, can cover sideline to sideline with no problems. Um, and then tight end wise for Memphis, I'd say Joey Magnifico. Watch out for him in the uh, in the passing game for Memphis. Uh, Brady White can't find his receivers down the field. He's going to be a guy that that tends to get open. And he's told me, you know, I asked him the other day. I was like, well, you know, you're going to be going up against a guy in Muhammad Sinogo, who's you know pretty good for Ole Miss's defense and one of one of their best defensive players. Um, are you kind of looking forward to facing an SEC linebacker and kind of making that a mismatch? And he said, I don't care who it is, bring them on. I'm ready. I'm ready to prove anything to anyone. So. Uh, he's a guy that has a fire. He's a guy from Memphis getting to play Ole Miss. He understands this quote unquote rivalry. So, uh, that's another guy I'd look out for. The player I would say for Ole Miss is already a well-known name at this point. It's no longer a well-kept secret. It's Snoop Connor. He got here in the spring, went through spring practices, running number two is the number two running back as Jerry on plays catch up and tries to learn the offense. All of those running backs are going to play right now. The depth chart stacks up as Scotty Phillips, Snoop Connor and Jerry Ely and Isaiah Woolard. Devon Penniman has moved to tight end. Snoop Connor is a change of pace from Scotty Phillips and I think can really break one free and potentially lead Ole Miss in rushing yards against Memphis. So that would be the first guy. Second guy would probably be Tyler Knight, but you know that name too. There's no obvious game breaker for Ole Miss because you know these names. But that's the beauty of what Ole Miss is right now. Any one of these guys can be the guy that turns the tide against Memphis on Saturday. If you made me guess... I give you Scotty Phillips or one of Snoop Connor or Jerry on Ely to be the guy who takes it over in the running back backfield. I'd take the two. I think those two guys are already pushing Scotty as far as getting them the ball. Wide receiver, same thing. It's the land of opportunity, right? Miles Battle, Elijah Moore, Dennis Jackson, Jonathan Mingo. You go down the line, there are a number of different wide receivers that could help you, that could potentially make a huge play. Demarcus Gregory could make a physical play and score a touchdown that is significant on Saturday. So I'll go with Tylen Knight. I think Tylen Knight offers a different dynamic for them, um, playing in the slot with Elijah Moore to where he makes some kind of game-turning play, a game-breaking play that allows Ole Miss to beat Memphis. So if you had to predict right now, you're still picking Memphis or Ole Miss? If you put a gun to my head right now and said who's going to win, I would say Memphis. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I would have said Ole Miss. Like I told you, before the Givens injury, like you and I talked about this on the last time I was on the show, that that makes that big of a difference for this Ole Miss offensive line. If he's healthy, I'm saying Ole Miss. I'm saying Ole Miss is going to win close. Right now, I think it's Memphis. They've progressed in fall camp. Like all these names that I mentioned, all these guys that we were looking at to like, okay, how are they going to perform in fall camp have done awesome. And they have two solid starting cornerbacks as well. For a young Ole Miss receiving core, it might be a bit of a challenge. So right now I would say Memphis pretty close, but it could go either way. What does Bradley South think about Ole Miss football in 2019? What does he think about Andrew Luck retiring? His former teammate, 
a quarterback he's competed against, retiring at 29. Brad joins us on the Modern Woodman phone line. The podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago, I'm talking a couple of months, where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local Modern Woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does Modern Woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org. www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is former Ole Miss offensive lineman Bradley Sal, but no longer is Brad an offensive lineman. No, He's a tight end for the Chicago Bears. Bud, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Just just going through the preseason. We just had our third preseason game last night. So, you know, just kind of right in the heart of camp. How's the transition to tight end going for you? It's been going good, man. You know, obviously there's a lot to learn, but um, you know, it's it's a whole whole new ball game, but it's it's been fun. It's um it's a totally different whole whole new motivation. And um really for me it's trying to trying to pull something off that's um not very common and um been really motivated throughout it. And so it's been going awesome. Have you practiced your touchdown celebration dances? Not yet. Not, not yet. I got to I got to prove that I can run the right routes and, and catch the ball first. So, um yeah, if it, if if I get some I'll have some great stuff planned for sure. Was it Furbia that was the tight end at Ole Miss when you were here? I think I think his name was Furbia then there was um well, I forgot the guy's name. Was it Gerald, Gerald Harris? Something. Yeah, Gerald Harris yeah. and Furbia Allen. There we go. We got it. Yeah, they they're the tight ends whenever um I was there. So who has better hands, Furby and Gerald Harris or Bradley Sal? I don't. I don't really remember their. I don't know that, know that we threw them too much. So I don't. I don't really yeah. remember their hands. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have good soft hands? For sure. Yeah, I can catch. I can catch pretty well. All right. So what's the toughest part about transitioning to tight end? I just think that it, there's there's a lot more like when it comes to play when you're playing O line. You know, there you know where to line up every single time. When they call the play, boom! If you're the left tackle, you line up where the left tackle goes. Well, when you're tight end, you have to listen to the whole formation. You line up all over the all over the field. So that's probably the toughest part. Just um, you know, figuring out the formations and where you're lining up during the formations and um, just little stuff like that. But the more I've done it, the the better I've been at it. I've, I've been pretty solid with all that. Has there been any hesitancy at all to go over the middle and catch a pass? Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I have. I honestly have no fear because think about it, dude. Like, I'm six seven, two seventy five. Like, they make a rock me, but it's gonna hurt them a little worse than it's gonna hurt me. It probably. <laughs> You've lost a lot of weight, man. I I usually play around three fifteen or three twenty whenever I was at O line. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, probably down a solid forty pounds, somewhere around forty pounds since um, last season. And um, yeah, I'm a much much smaller than I've ever been. You're wearing number 85. That's a shout out to Corey Peterson. Did you pick that number or was it just assigned to you? Well, if you remember, whenever I, whenever I was at Ole Miss, um, I, I am a Corey Peterson fan for sure. I'll never forget the, that yeah. um, catch he made in the Egg Bowl. But when I was at Ole Miss, I wore 85 my um, freshman year when I caught That's that touchdown right. versus Mississippi State. So I, I, I elected to go with that um, just just because of that. Um, I had the touchdown versus State and I wore 85, so I thought it would be pretty cool to – to go back to it. Oh man, that's a callback to Ole Miss days. Even recognizing and honoring Ole Miss with the Bears, y'all have Super Bowl aspirations. So does it feel that way out there on the practice fields for the Bears? Absolutely, man. I mean, we we only lost one starter to free agency. We got twenty all about twenty one guys back that started last year. All the same depth. I mean, we didn't lose a whole lot of players, and we added a couple of good ones. So, um, I mean, in this league, you never know. I mean, it's. It's a, every year is a different, different, st- different story, different team. But talent-wise, we got everybody back, and um, there's no reason not to think that we can't um, can't compete and can't do it. Obviously, the biggest story right now in the NFL is Andrew Luck retiring. You played against him. You played with him. What are your thoughts on Andrew Luck retiring at 29? The crazy thing about it was, you know, last night obviously we played the Colts there, and it, it happened during the game. 
And um, I was that we actually saw them booing him when he was walking off the field and stuff. It was a pretty crazy moment. But just knowing Andrew and that played with him, um, I think, you know, obviously he's a, he's a really tough player. And whenever he was younger, I think he took a lot of shots. And um, he's one of those guys who would chase down interceptions and do all kinds of things that most quarterbacks don't do because he's a tough dude. And um, I think it may have caught up with him a little bit with the injuries. And um, sometimes, man, when you get I've, – I've been – luckily I haven't been hurt a lot, but I've seen the – a lot of guys that have been hurt numerous times and man, it's no fun. Like when you're just all hobbled up all the time and um, really hurt and you know, I'm sure it was tough for him, but I'm sure at the same time he was sick of waking up every day and ha- having all this pressure to go perform as a top level quarterback, but you wake up and your, your ankles messed up or your shoulders messed up and you know, he couldn't even really practice the way he wanted to. So, I mean, if that's the way he felt, I think he has a right to do it. Um, he played seven years. It's a decent, decent sized career. He obviously probably could have went farther, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a game and he's a human being. If he doesn't feel like he can perform the way he performed and, and that he was feeling hurt. I mean, there's no reason for him to go out there and risk, risk more of his life for, for entertainment or, or people's fantasy league, you know? So I think he did a decision that was, that was right for him. You said that y'all were playing last night, Bears and Colts. We're recording this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Did word get around pretty quickly on the field as it was happening? You know, it was crazy. So it was like, the, you know, preseason, every, you play like your certain amount of time. Well, once I got out of the game, which was like, um, you know, sec, end of the second quarter, beginning of the third, um, there was this, it was like row of, there's always like a bunch of, you know, fans you know, yelling at you and stuff during the game. <clears throat> there's a there's a group of guys behind us last night, and I thought they were just some intoxicated fans, and they were just yelling at us. And this dude was like yelling, "Andrew Luck just retired." And I was like, "Man, this dude's crazy over here." And um, you know, then it kind of started getting around the sideline. Then it was kind of everybody was like, "Man, is this for real?" But then we looked over there and saw him standing over there. So I thought it was kind of odd that he would still be over there and retiring. So I thought it was a joke. And sure enough, we got back to our locker and looked on my phone, and it was it was real. So kind of crazy. It's such bad form, in my opinion, for those fans to boo him as he walked off. He's given you everything he's had. You've had first Peyton Manning, then Andrew Luck, an incredible run of success. I understand that fans are fans, they're fickle, but to boo that guy, one of the good guys in the game, that just seemed like bad form to me. It's the world we live in, man. I mean, it's just a lot of times people don't even view play. I think they view players as action figures or something that don't have a life outside of the football field. And, um, you know, and unfortunately for him, I don't know if they're actually you know booing him or just booing that, that it happened like that or, or whatever, but that's just the world we live in. I mean, ne- negativity rules all right now. And um, it's really, really sad, sad moment for a guy who you know, gave so much for that team and, um, you know, try to play their injury and all that. And, and physically feels like he, he can't give them this, the best effort, you know? So um, there's, I don't know. It's just a tough situation. That, that's kind of what you sign up for when you get in this business. And um, he's a tough guy and I'm sure with it, within time, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll appreciate him a little more. And I mean, it's only year seven. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if after a year went by and he had time to heal and feel good that he wouldn't reconsider that decision being so young, but you know, it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen, but I, I don't think that's the last we'll see of Andrew Luck, to be honest with you. There's not a lot of negativity at this time of year for college football. Hope Springs eternal in August. Ole Miss kicks off its season on Saturday at Memphis. What are you feeling right now about Ole Miss football? You're a big fan still. You watch the baseball, basketball, football games. I get texts from you asking me about this stuff. What are you feeling right now about Ole Miss football? I'm excited to see what, what um, you know, what, what we rolled out there schematically, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and along the offensive side, I mean, it's going to be something totally different with Rich Rod in there. So um, I'm excited to see it from a scheme standpoint. I, I know from a talent standpoint, all the stuff that we went through over the last couple of years has hurt us with depth and stuff like that. So but I think if, if these coaches can prove that they can compete with, um, with, with with what they have now, and then as time we start getting recruits, I think I think it'll, it could be could be a really really good deal for Ole Miss. But this is a year I'm interested to see how they how they do with 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 what they got. The offensive line is fascinating. They have three new starters, all of which have been in the program for a long time. They're veterans, like Eli Johnson's a junior, but he's a first time starter. You got Michael Howard starting to tackle, Bryce Matthews starting to tackle. You've done this before. You stepped in for Michael Orr. One of those two guys is stepping in for Greg Little. You know you got a spotlight on you immediately. What's your number one piece of advice for those guys as they try to take over those positions on the offensive line? The most critical position on the field offensively for Ole Miss this year. Absolutely. I mean, they just have to, you know, obviously the the, the coaches will have to help them out too as well um, with, 
you know, they can't put them in tough situations, a bunch of one-on-ones and stuff. They'll have to do a lot of stuff that, that, that benefits with the, the personnel they have. But for those guys, you know, obviously they're, they got the talent to be a starter or the coaches wouldn't put them out there, but they, um, you know, just, just, just listen and, um, you know, get as good as you can get. And, um, you know, just, just try, try to listen to the coaching and, you know, just, just know that it sometimes it's going to be rocky, but it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's always going to be rocky. So, um, you know, I just have to have to keep working and um, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll get it together and um, the coaches will help them out as well. The second team is all freshmen. Only two are redshirt freshmen. That makes three true freshmen in that second unit. How hard is it to come in as a freshman, not just in the SEC, but in college football in general, at a position that's so physical and your body's not quite ready to contribute immediately? That's got to be impossible to try to do as a true freshman, but how can Ole Miss get that out of a Nick Broker or a Jeremy James, those type of offensive linemen that are coming in as true freshmen and trying to make an impact and give Ole Miss some depth that it needs? Yeah, when you come in as a freshman, the, the problem is, um, you know, just depending on who your high school coaches, a lot of a lot of times high schools run you know, pretty basic stuff, and um, you know the technique just isn't there. So usually for a freshman, that's the biggest deal is is just starting to, to develop a foundation and a basis of technique of how to play the game, and that's um, you know that's they can have all the talent in the world, but this game is always going to be technical, and it's always going to come down to to using the proper technique because everybody's big and strong. But um, it, it always depends on which freshman can pick up the technique, the technique the fastest, and um, you know, kind of who can be the most mentally tough. Because I mean, it's tough. I mean, you're coming in, you're 18 years old, and you're going against you know really good players. So it just all comes down to who, who can develop some technique the quickest, and then um, once you develop that foundation, that technique, and then you can um, you know kind of kind of get after it and start seeing how physically tough you are. How many wins do you got for Ole Miss right now? You've always been one of the most realistic former player friends that I have. Where are you right now as far as Ole Miss wins and losses? Before we get that answer from Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now a tight end for the Chicago Bears, let me tell you real quickly about Grove Sharks tailgating and the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood. The Ole Miss football season has arrived. It's here. And Grove Sharks tailgating can take care of all your game day needs. Locally owned and operated, Grove Sharks Tailgating specializes in tent rentals and setup packages that can accommodate parties and gatherings of all sizes. For more information, visit Grove Sharks Tailgating at GroveSharks.com and like them on Facebook at Grove Sharks or contact owner Eric Trimble at 662-816-3493. The Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood, is under construction. Brought to you by John Welty Realty. A traditional neighborhood means right where you live, a grocery store, a brewery, restaurants, shops, all within walking distance of your front door. But what about the houses? They're custom high-end spec houses, beautiful finishes, open concept, modern two-story houses. If you're looking for a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a one-bedroom, you'll find a fit with any of these three spacious layouts. Get in with a Lamar right now. Build-out is happening. For more information, contact John Welty at john at johnweltyrealty.com. That's john at johnweltyrealty.com. Or give him a call at 662-23-HOMES. 662-23-HOMES. And now, back to Talk of Champions. You know, I, I think just looking from it, seeing all the people that we've lost or whatever, I think if, if Ole Miss can get to a bowl game this year, it would be a, it'd be a big deal for us to get back in the postseason. Um, I'd be able to tell you better after I see um, seeing the first game. I'm excited about the running backs and, um, you know, the, the quarterback being so young, um, you know, it could be a tough year for him, but at the same time, he may get to start for the next three or four years and, um, you know, could bod well for us in the future. So um, I, I did see the spread for the Memphis game and I saw that we were a six point underdog. I don't know if I'm not seeing something correctly, but that, um, that seems like a little bit of a wild spread to be, um, to be that, to be the underdogs that big to Memphis. So that's got me kind of worried. I don't know if someone sees something that I don't see, but I feel like that um, we should, we should do well in that game. Scotty Phillips is your guy. Brad and I do each week a study hall showing you a play the game within the game, breaking it down from a schematic perspective. And you've always been huge on Scotty. What do you like about him? Yeah. Cause you think he has an NFL future. I, th- I think Scotty's one of the most underrated players in, in college football. I really do. He hits the hole really hard. He runs hard. He can catch. He um, every time he grabs the ball, every time we give him the ball consistently, he makes plays. 
I'm excited to see what kind of scheme Rich Rod's going to have him in, but I think he was highly underused last year. And, you know, for a team like, like us who lost all the receivers and stuff, we're going to have to have a running game. And I, I say we put the, you know, we put it on his back early on and see if he can slow the game down for us and, um, you know, get some yards for us. But I, I'm a huge fan of his. I think he runs the correct way. I think he's explosive. Um, I, I think he'll be on NFL roster one day. I really do. Defensively, look, you watch all the games. You saw how bad it was last year. Mike McIntyre bringing in a 3-4, a tenured coach who's been with the Cowboys, a head coach of Colorado. Across the board, he's got a ton of experience, a Parcells disciple. Schematically, that has to account for some type of significant improvement, right? You saw how bad they were. What can this do, Mike McIntyre bringing in the 3-4? Can that help them in any tangible way to make a sizable enough leap to where they're more competitive across the board? Yeah, I think last year, not only was it a talent thing, we were, you know, a little bit depleted talent wise, but at the same time, there was a lot of, a lot of blown coverages, a lot of, a lot of just wide open stuff that I think that, um, you know, just that that's the kind of stuff that's frustrating. You get it. If a team just beat you uh, with talent and they have better players than you and their guys are beating you one-on-one. Okay. That's cool. But when a dude's wide open, you know, all the time that, that doesn't even give you a chance. So you know, hopefully, I, I don't know um, Coach McIntyre very well, but I, I, all the stuff I've read about him is he's he's really smart at um, you know schematically. So I'm excited to see what they bring out there, and um, you know, I would I would just like for a good sound defense and make teams beat you. Don't don't just give them free stuff. And um, when you're giving out free stuff, it's hard to even compete. So um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like he, he should do a good job just from all the stuff I've, I've heard and read. Are you going to be watching on Saturday? I will for sure be watching, and we have Anthony Miller on our team, so I'll probably um, be uh, jawing it up with him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Memphis guy, wide receiver. If Ole Miss wins, is there going to be a bet between you and Anthony Miller? One has to wear a jersey or something. I'll cue something up with him this week for sure. I'm sure I'll make a bet with him. You know, when you're, when you're an Ole Miss fan, I mean, you're, there's really three big ones. You, you can't never lose to Memphis. you got to beat Mississippi State, and you got to beat LSU, so – um, this one, this one's huge for us. I, I, I can't, I can't survive a whole year of losing to Memphis. So we have to come out and, and get that one at all costs. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. We were talking about Andrew Luck on that Colts roster is Chad Kelly. Now he's suspended for the first two games. He's had a good preseason. Do you believe Chad, if he does get an opportunity this year with Indianapolis can be a capable NFL player? Listen, I was talking, I was talking to guys about this last night. Chad Kelly's a baller. He really is, man. And um, it, 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 with him, it's all upstairs. If he's going to be clean and be a, be a good, solid player, it's going to come from the top. His talent's there. I mean, he he absolutely was tearing it up last night. He's physical. He's fast. He can throw. He was making plays. I mean, Chad Kelly, the, the sky's the limit for him. He can, he can develop into a solid backup and have a chance to start with injury, and I think he would do very well. But it's going to be all about him, you know, staying straight and um, staying staying on the right path and not not having anything get in the way of that. But the talent's there, man. I mean, he he's had a great preseason, and um, you know, I, th- I think he's I think he's a solid backer right now. I think he's their number two after what happened last night. Here's the deal with Chad going into his senior year before he got hurt midway through the year. That dude was a projected late first, early second round pick. It's not like this is some new thing. It's always about just staying clean keeping your head down and doing the work in the work ethic has never been the problem. It's that once he gets by himself, not get into extracurricular stuff that'll hold him back. This dude's got the talent. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I saw it last night again. And every time he's got out there on the field, heck, I mean, when he was in Denver, he was setting it on fire up there and he had people talking about it. Hey, give him a chance to start. It's up to him. I mean, if he wants it, he could probably have a really good, nice long career. And, um, you know, he's got the right competitive nature on the field. He's got the speed. He's got the arm. I mean, he could he could be something if he would, um, you know, if he wants to be. But it's all going to be up to him, and um, I'm sure he knows that. And yeah, you know, I, I I was rooting for him last night. I was I was cool about seeing him out there playing well. Do you talk to Ole Miss players after games? Um, sometimes if I know them, um, you know, a lot of guys now I've been playing eight years, so a lot of guys I I never played. Yeah, with you're old now, that. man. Yeah. Um, so if it's if it's guys that I um, I played with, I usually talk to them. But if I didn't play with them, I um, you know I, I won't really say anything to them because I don't know them that well. How's Bobby doing? He's doing great. He's got a, a big five year extension, and um, you know he's in my opinion top two or three um, you know right tackles in the league. To be honest with you, what's the relationship like with you and Bob? Unbelievable. I mean, we played. We were three years at Ole Miss together. Three years in Arizona, and our third year. 
with the Bears. So we played nine seasons together. And, um, I mean, he honestly, whenever, you know, he's out there, I'm always watching him, helping him out. Um, you know, we pick on each other. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool relationship, man. I mean, we, we have, we have a good time. We're almost like brothers. Well, last one, you going to make it to any games this year? I was just talking to my wife about that. We played that. We played green Bay on the Thursday night, this first, first game of the season. And if we get the weekend off, I was thinking about coming down for the Arkansas game, but we'll, um, yeah, obviously I have to see what my schedule, my schedule is and stuff, but yeah, there's a chance we'll pop down there. You know, we got, we obviously, we live in Oxford now, so we have a house there. So it's much easier. Yeah. We're going to try to pop down there for a game or two if we can. Are you still aspiring to be Ole Miss's athletics director one day? Who knows? You never Come on know. now. Yeah. I know what you're, no, don't do that. Yes. Yes, it is. I'd, I'd like to do something at Ole Miss someday, but, um, yeah, obviously while I'm playing right now, I got, got a little bit of time left and, um, yeah, at, at some point I'd like to, I'd like to do something at Ole Miss. How much longer do you plan on playing? <laughs> I can't, I can't put a number. I can't put a year on it. I just keep saying I'm going to play until they kick me out. And <laughs> so far they hadn't kicked me out. So and I feel, I still feel pretty healthy. So as soon as I, as soon as I feel like I can't compete and, I kind of got passed up a little bit. I'll quit. But right now um, I'm in the mix and I feel pretty good about it. If you could have your say, would you retire as a bear? Absolutely. This is, this is the coolest team I've ever played for. And um, it's probably traditionally, I, I think it's the best team in the league as far as, you know, just the traditions that go with it. When you take that field as a bear, I mean, it, it feels like it feels really special. So, I mean, obviously I, I would, you know, I'd play wherever, but they, this is a this is a place that you that you'd be really hurt if you had to leave. The Cowboys play at the Bears, I think, in November or December. If your boy comes down there, you can hook me up. I got you, man. Okay. I got you. Maybe I'll get you and Zeke a ticket. Yeah. All right. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now a tight end for the Chicago Bears. Always fun, man. Let's do it again. Appreciate it, man. That was former Ole Miss offensive lineman, now a Chicago Bears tight end. Bradley Sal. This is Talk of Champions, powered by BNA Bank. I don't know about you, but I want my banking made simple. And I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, BNA Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. BNA Bank, be it Mike Staten, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly, they care about you. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about bnabank.com? Or give them a call, 662-534-8171. 662-534-8171. BNA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money, is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662-534-8171. There's no other place. They've helped me. They'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett of Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. All right, let's play a little Ole Miss football game here, Sudo, before we get to Sean Robinson. First up, Scotty Phillips is a 1,000-yard rusher, or you have to take the field, the rest of the running backs, to combine for 1,000 yards. Which way are you going? I'm taking the field. I, you know, I think Scotty's fully capable of doing it on his own, but I think because of the options they have now, he's not going to be the one getting all the reps and all the carries this year. Uh, I think he'll come pretty close, uh, given the amount of carries I think he'll get. But like you've been mentioning, talking about Snoop, I mean, they got Ely in the backfield. They, they have enough guys back there to where I think it's going to be a combined effort. Are you taking Elijah Moore to lead Ole Miss in receptions? Or are you taking the field? I'll go with Elijah Moore. And, and his issue is what? Just staying healthy? I think it's more or less getting the opportunity. I think it's okay. going to be more evenly distributed to where it doesn't matter who gets the catch. You're just going to the right spot. But Elijah Moore oh. with Rich Rod, he's one of the obvious playmakers for your offense. He's going to get that dude the ball. I think he will. I mean, there's got to be a guy to lead the team in receptions. I think it'll be I think it'll be uh, Elijah Moore. Who leads Ole Miss in receptions at tight end? Octavius Cooley or Jason Pellerin? Is he still 15? Yeah. I'll go with big 15, man. Octavius Cooley. God, I've been ringing that bell for so long. I feel. I know. I, I feel like I can't come on your show and not talk. 
you know, talk up Octavius Cooley. So I'll yeah. go with Octavius Cooley. Over under 26 and a half touchdowns for Matt Corral. Over under 26 and a half touchdowns. Is that too you know, high in college football these days? No, and especially not with Rich Rod as your as your OC. And dude, Matt can run a little bit. So I'll go over. How about a combined effort over 26? Okay. Muhammad Sanogo or the field leads Ole Miss in tackles. Muhammad Sanogo, man, that's a no-brainer. You know I love Momo. I, I, I've been high on him since I saw him play last season. He's the clear, uh, you know, he's the top guy on that defense for me. I mean, obviously love Benito, but, yeah, I think the linebackers are going to have to play a huge role, and Momo's the guy. Who leads Ole Miss in sacks? Oh, geez, man. Um, Before he got a club on his hand, I would have easily picked Kadir Shepard. I'm probably leaning towards maybe Sam Williams. Maybe Ryder Anderson has a breakout year. I don't believe in that one so much. Now, if Kadir Shepard stays healthy and he plays with the club all day, go and Kadir Shepard. Is Benito fully healthy? Yeah, but he's playing nose guard. He's gonna. No, that's what I'm asking him. And if you know, if he kind of becomes the way Kim Dietschy was, where he's such a force in the middle of the of the line to where guys can get back there the way Haynes was doing it, I would definitely say sure. Ryder, you think Kadir from line, at the linebacker spot can do it? Yeah, but he's got a club on his hand. That's my only concern. That's tough. Oh man, yeah. Let's go with Ryder, man. I like to go Ooh. with I like to go with defensive ends. But when we talk about sack leaders, I like to go with defensive ends unless you're just an absolute force. So we'll go with him. Who leads Ole Miss in interceptions? Jalen Jones, Keydron Smith, Jalen Julius, Jonathan Haynes. How healthy is Jalen Jones? According to the coaches and players, because we only get to see a limited amount of practice, and he looks fine. He's okay. back a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, that was a pretty gnarly injury a year ago, man. That's okay. the only reason. That's the only thing that's stopping me from saying Jones. I mean, Hartsfield, I think, could. I really do. I think he could really do it. But I'll still go with Jalen Jones. I'll go Miles Hartsfield only because I'm being contrarian. I don't really have any justification for that. He does have ball skills. He can make plays. He with does. Ball. So yeah. I'll go Miles Hartsfield. Does Ole Miss score a special teams touchdown against Memphis on Saturday? I think Memphis is a bigger shot of scoring a special teams touchdown. They take it very seriously here. Um, I'll say no. I'll say no. Special teams is very important to Mike Norvell and his staff here. So uh, they, they treat it very seriously. I mean, you'll see their starters out there. I'll say no. Does Ole Miss make a bowl? No. Ooh. If they do, it'll probably be back in the Liberty Bowl or Nashville for the Music City Bowl. Maybe they go to if Charlotte. They make a, if they make a bowl game, man, that's remarkable. That's going to be, I mean, that's going to be akin to what Hugh Freeze was able to do his first year. Even more impressive, maybe. Yeah, probably. It's very similar. We didn't know anything about that team either. We didn't. We we all said that Bo Wallace has to be good, and he was. That's right. Now, I will say, I think Matt Corral's better than Bo. I don't know, man. This this season, someone said it to me the other day. They kind of they were like, "This feels like the four win year Masoli came in the Jacksonville State year." Someone's like, "That just kind of feels like it." You know, there's a lot of unknowns. And I was like, I mean, the, granted, that team, I think, had a little more talent on the defense. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's just kind of, I don't know, I get a weird vibe. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't get a good vibe. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Sudo Upadea. It's time for a recruit check. Sean Robinson, recently reclassified from 2019 to 2020. He is now a part of the Ole Miss basketball roster under Kermit Davis. Caught up with him on Friday before he came in and enrolled and stepped foot on campus. And I won't get to talk to him except for media availability. So I caught up with him then. We talk about his decision and why he's doing it now, and Recruit Check is brought to you by the Oxford Park Commission and Cheney's Pharmacy. The Oxford Park Commission is currently registering for youth flag football in the fall baseball season. Leagues are open for ages 6 to 12 in football and 6 to 15 in baseball. Cost to sign up for football is $50, while it's just $40 for baseball. Each sport will be played at FNC Park. For more details, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. It's time for a recruit check. Check that shit out. Wow. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this. 
Joining me now for this recruit check, brought to you by the Oxford Park Commission in Chinese Pharmacy, is Sean Robinson, the former 2020 prospect, the only 2020 commitment for Ole Miss, who recently reclassified to 2019 and will be a part of the Ole Miss basketball roster for the 2019-20 season. Sean, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming on. First and foremost, the decision to reclassify, what went into it, and what made the time right to join Ole Miss basketball. Uh, I mean, I really just felt like it was the best decision right now. Uh, I was ready to get to Ole Miss, get right back to work. For you, the recruitment process, what was it like? I know you had a lot of offers, like some 25 offers. What made Ole Miss stick out amongst all the other offers that you had? Uh, Ole Miss stuck out because I felt like they were really the ones that really showed me the most attention, like they really wanted me. I mean, the recruitment class is crazy. I mean, like, I had a lot of schools looking at me, but Ole Miss most definitely stood out a lot. What all went into the decision for you? What were you looking for when you went and looked at all these schools and you considered Ole Miss? I mean, I think you had offers from Arizona State and Michigan and all these other offers, USC. When you're looking at these schools, what was the criteria for you? What were you looking for? Uh, I was looking for a school that had the best intentions for me. I was going to fit well team, have good teammates, good coach staff. I just felt like Ole Miss was the best in all those. What were the conversations like with uh, Coach Davis, and what did Kermit say to you as far as what role you could play next year? Has there really been any discussion about that yet? Coach, I'm really talking about playing any role. He just say he's going to come, you know, we're going to rock out. That's what it is. For you, what are you working on? What do you want to be better with as you head into your freshman year? Uh, I want to come in with more energy, bring some defense, you know, shoot the ball more, get all that stuff. What's your relationship like with the current team? Brian Tyree, Devontae Shuler, Blake Kinson, KJ Buffin, all those guys. What type of relationship do you have with them? Uh, well, I've been talking to a couple of the guys. I, on my business, I um, talked to Brian and um, Shue. I mean, I like them. I like my teammates. I get along with them well. Even though I don't know all of them, like that, I still have to talk to them on social media and stuff. So you know, it's going to be a great relationship. It's interesting because Ole Miss made the NCAA tournament last year, the first season under Kermit Davis. What kind of impact did that have on you? Uh, that had a big impact. To see a team that didn't make the March Madness last year to make it this year, especially off a of first-year goal, I mean, that's crazy because usually I see what that coach really brings. Like, he brings a different type of, like, level to the school. So, for me to join that, that's just going to be even better. When I talked to your coach, Phil Lowe, he mentioned that you were a unicorn. What would you say for Ole Miss fans that are listening, your strengths? What are the strengths of Sean Robinson's game right now? Uh, Sean Robinson shoot the ball very well for the side. A lot of people can't do that to be 6'10", but, I mean, everybody be working, so you never know how the season might go. But, I mean, I could really shoot. Do you have any particular goals for your freshman year? Uh, no, I just want to come in with the mindset, ready to learn. I just want to work hard, get to know everything, just be on um, impact. That's the best recruiting class Ole Miss has ever signed in basketball. When you look at, across the board at the roster, looking into next year, what are the expectations for the team? I had Win Case on not so long ago. He said he'd be disappointed if y'all didn't make it to the Sweet 16. Are you kind of in the same frame of mind? Yeah. I mean, I really think we should make it further. I'm trying to win a uh, ship, but, I mean, honestly, we don't make the Sweet 16, that will be an upside. What did you like about Kermit Davis, his coaching style that drew you to Ole Miss? I mean, he's a hard coach. He's tough on his guys. He gets us to work. I just like how he coach. I like the I like his play style. Like everything about him, I like. When you came on an official visit in the fall of last year, it was kind of unique. It was very early in the process. What was your first impression of campus and seeing the facilities, the pavilion, seeing it rock out? What is just your overall impressions, early impressions before you enrolled in school of Ole Miss? Well, I, when I first stepped foot in the pavilion, I loved it. I love how it looked. I love how I smell everything about it. And then me being here on campus, I wasn't. It wasn't really many people there, so I mean, it wasn't like much energy shown. But still, it was like people talking to me, all type of stuff. It was real nice. They showed me a lot of love. Your NBA potential, man. You, you've talked about that. The in game is the NBA. What did it mean to see Terrence Davis make it to the Toronto Raptors? And does that also play a role in a, in a guy's recruitment when you see Ole Miss and Kermit Davis in his first year taking a guy who was not in really the NBA discussion the year before and getting to the NBA, knowing that he can get you there too. Was that a big deal? Oh, yeah. When I seen TD get drafted, no. First of all, I seen TD going crazy on the Nuggets. Man, that was like, it was just crazy. I'm like, man, TD, like, I remember, like, going on my visit with him, and now he in the NBA getting a shot. And then once he got signed to the Raptors, I was like, man, that's crazy. Like, Ole Miss really producing pros now. 
because that's the end game for you. That's the end game for all you guys. But you've been on this track for a while. Did that also play into the reclassification? You're a young dude to be reclassifying, but you're trying to get to the NBA. So was this the right move professionally? And if it was, why was it that way? Uh, yeah, I feel like it was the right move because, I mean, me taking another year in college, I, I mean, high school, I didn't really see, like, a purpose because it's like if I'm trying to get to my goal faster, then why not get to my goal faster? So now that I'm here, it's like oh, I'll put in this work and I'm, I'm just going to be even close to my goal than what I was. When did the reclassification possibility really start to become real? So it was probably about maybe three months into my, no, 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 about a, a month after my um, commitment. I was just thinking like, man, I could really go to college early. I could graduate early and just you know, be close to my goal. And that's what I did. You kept it pretty quiet until you announced it on Twitter. Did any other schools have any idea that this was a possibility? And if they did, I'm sure they ramped up their recruitment of you. But uh, what was that like as far as other schools? Were they trying to get in on that too? Uh, not that I know of. I didn't really talk to many schools about this. Uh, that was more so uh, Coach Field, but, yeah, I really don't know how that went. Your relationship with Levi Watkins was a big deal. What's that relationship like? He recruited you at Arizona State, comes at Ole Miss, continues to recruit you. How big of a deal was Levi Watkins for you? Uh, it was a big deal because when Levi was at Arizona State, he was at all my games, showing me a lot of uh So then when he, as soon as he went to the Ole Miss, I was the first one he offered. I mean, it felt good. I felt like he really, like, really wanted me. Ole Miss made you the priority for 2020. Did you feel that? Did you know you were that big of a deal? Yes. I mean, just getting continuous calls from Kermit, getting continuous calls from Levi. Uh, uh, they, I mean, they just always checking in on me, make sure I was straight. Just good conversations with them. Like, I don't really have good conversations with a lot of people, so for that to be, like, good conversations with my coaches like that, I mean, I feel good about them. Who finished second for you and why? Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> so it was Ole Miss pretty much from jump. I mean, it, it seems like Ole Miss had a pretty steady lead over everybody. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of other schools showed me a lot of love. Like Mexico State showed me a lot of love. ASU showed me some love. But like, I mean, Ole Miss just really stood out to me. So last one, how excited are you to finally be getting going? I mean, what's it like to know that the dream or one of your dreams has been realized? You're a college basketball player now. You're at Ole Miss Rebel. What's that feeling like for you? Oh, man, it feels great. I just can't wait to get down there and get right to work. I want to be big impact. I know Ole Miss fans would love to hear from you. If you had one message for Ole Miss fans, what would it be? Howdy, tidy. Let's get to work. He's Sean Robinson, Ole Miss's last addition for the 2019-20 roster. It's a big deal. He's a big addition. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you. That was Sean Robinson, the last addition for Ole Miss's basketball roster for the 2019-20 season. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Suda Upadea. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, make sure to leave that five-star review. All right, for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Talk of Champions is brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. If you're in the market for a new car, there is no better time to buy at Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Not only do they now have in stock the 2020 Jeep Gladiator, which is half Wrangler, half truck, it's the perfect car for me, but also 20% off select Ram trucks. And I know, I know, no one really loves the car buying process. I'm with you. It can be overwhelming. You're just looking for the best deal. Well, Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is here for you. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. Maybe that'll help when you buy that 2020 Jeep Gladiator, that 4x4 truck you've been looking for. 20% off right now. Select Ram Trucks. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Before we get out of here, Sudo, your boy, Chad Kelly, could be in line to be an NFL starter at some point this season. Jacoby Brissett's going to get the first shot to replace Andrew Luck, but it could be swag time sooner rather than later. Your thoughts? He could, man. And we, we say this over and over and over. I think every Ole Miss fan has said this. Um, you know, it all it depends on Chad, man. If Chad's got everything together, he's got his head on straight, he's he's doing everything right, which so far he is, um, you know, then absolutely he's got a shot. Now, I've been talking to some Colts fans and people that really keep up with the Colts. 
um, who believe that Brissett is fully capable of managing this team. They've done a great job of loading up on the offensive line because they essentially were setting up this team for Andrew Luck to essentially make a make a Super Bowl run. I mean, you know, he's a generational quarterback, so that was they were fully capable of doing that. They loaded up on defense in the draft. They've they've got some mean uh, offensive linemen to provide protection. So we could see a situation where Jacoby Brissett just plays as a game manager. Uh, he can make some of those throws they need him to make, and he could just kind of be the starter and you know they could have a mediocre season but you're right if they start one three something like that and chad comes back from suspension uh i think they're gonna have to give them a look they just i think they're going to have to i don't think the colts are going to tank some people are like well they'll just tank and they'll just take uh to a you know next year well the colts have a ton of money in cap space now they have a lot of draft picks and assets they can use to move up move up if they needed to draft a guy like Tua. so i think they're gonna actually gonna try to win the season um which that's good for chad and, that, and, and by letting Chad play, that's another asset if they do decide to draft a quarterback that they can they can trade Chad. You have been the president of the Chad Kelly in the NFL fan club for as long as I've known you. Facts. Chad, I remember, you know, you talk about how Yancey called you from scuba to tell you we got our next quarterback. Around that same time, you know, I started seeing all the stuff about East Mississippi's quarterback, Jim Kelly's nephew, and I just knew, man. I knew then and there. I was like, this guy's going to be a freaking stud. Him and Cam Newton are the two guys that I called. I guess not hard to call guys that are high top yeah, level recruits. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, not hard, but little seventh grade pseudo making YouTube videos predicted Auburn to win the national championship and Cam Newton to win the Heisman. I did the same with Chad Kelly, not the Heisman, but I was like, this guy's going to be one of the greatest to ever come through Ole Miss. So, I just have that spot in my heart for him, man. I just, I really want him to succeed and, and get it right. It's like people forget that going into his senior year, he got hurt midway through the year. Yeah. Going into his senior year, he had a first, second round projection for the NFL. He was right he there. I mean, when he won the Sugar Bowl, he was one of the, the, the hottest quarterbacks in the SEC returning the, the next season, if not the. So there was dark horse Heisman talk for Chad. Absolutely. There definitely was. And, Almost blew it, I think, the year before, uh, a couple games. But I think if you would have put them in the SEC championship game, I mean, they were set. They were set to do it. They had beat Alabama. If they could have beaten Arkansas and not blown the game against Memphis, and who else did they lose to Florida that year? That yeah. wouldn't have mattered anyways. The Florida loss wouldn't have mattered for the SEC championship game. So if you wouldn't have blown it against really Al- uh, Arkansas that year, you're in it. And Chad Kelly, I think people would be viewing him way differently had he taken Ole Miss to Atlanta that year. But All people talk about now is the off-the-field stuff, and that comes back to why he's where he is. All he was, it is, man. He was in line to start for Denver. He was going to start some games. Case Keenum did nothing to impress. He's now the starting quarterback for the Redskins. Chad was right there. The one person who's always gotten in Chad's way is Chad. So yep. if he does get an opportunity, the football side of it, he's got every single tool in his toolbox to be productive in the NFL. Absolutely does. I mean, people talk about the height or whatever. Hasn't been an issue. I know it's preseason football. Hasn't been an issue. I know second string defenses still hasn't been an issue. It's still the NFL. He's a gamer, man. He could have an awful week of practice, and he'll go out there, and he'll do something for you. He just has that fire in him. If Chad becomes the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, will you, Suda Upadea, buy a Chad Kelly Colts jersey? Ah, man. I don't, I don't know if I can buy a Chad Kelly Colts jersey, and I don't think I can be a Colts fan in the sense of, like, I give up my Giants fandom. Like, I know a lot of Ole Miss fans are going to do when Eli leaves. They're going to try to find another team because they're not going to have a reason to be Giants fans. It's the only reason not, you became a Giants fan. Not necessarily. It, it sold me on the Giants, but I was – you got to remember, I loved Michael Strahan before Eli even landed in New York. So it solidified it for me, but it, it – that that love runs deep for me for that for that franchise despite the problems I have with the ownership and the general managers and all that kind of stuff I can't I can't let that go I remember when I was growing up every you know I, I loved watching Peyton just because he was Eli's brother he was a Manning and even when Eli was in the league and the Giants weren't good I would always root for the for the Colts on the side just because of Peyton I could see I mean I will definitely be doing that for Chad I've if, never if understood in Indianapolis. that loyalty for Peyton my dad took us to two. Super Bowls that the Colts are playing in, the Saints and the Bears, because of Peyton. He loved Peyton, but he never yep. was even tempted to go for Eli. And Eli really? came to your school, and he wow. won big at your school. And yet it's always been about Peyton. I will say that picture of all the media in New York surrounding Daniel Jones after the last preseason game and Eli sitting off to himself, putting on his shoes. Are we forgetting that Eli Manning's got rings? He's a borderline, if not slam dunk, really, 
Hall of Fame quarterback, and y'all are just discarding him. Like, he hasn't yep. done everything for your franchise in his tenure in New York. I know. I know. It's, you know how it is. One, it's what have you done for me lately? That's always sports. Two, it's New York sports. So that's how it is. Most Giants fans that I talk to that are actually knowledgeable and and understand things are very appreciative of him, want him to succeed. uh, But they understand his limitations at this point of his career. Once again, those limitations were caused by the front office. Getting hit that many times over that many seasons is not good for anyone. It's just not. I mean, you're not going to be the same guy ever again if you if you get hit that many times I'm still holding out hope that he can he can continue to be the starter and he can go out on his own terms but I just don't think that's realistic like me as as a realist I don't think that's going to happen I want it to but it's the changing of the guards man they they spent their sixth pick on on a new quarterback and uh he's looked he's looked pretty good in the preseason so but so is Eli you were so upset it, on draft night are you now a Daniel Jones believer not yet I think what I do like about uh, that I've warmed up to is is the fact that he was a Cutcliffe product, and I I respect David Cutcliffe tremendously, especially as a quarterback. Oh, uh, you I mean, and me will always defend David Cutcliffe. No doubt, I, I will always do that. Tremendous, tremendous quarterbacks coach. I mean, any football fan will tell you that. That's that's not up for debate at all. So that I like that, and and just trying to find a way. I mean, I I have to like him. Like I cannot root for Daniel Jones to fail. Because that is my franchise. Like, I, I just can't do it oh, as I much can. as I dislike the move. I, I know you can. I can't. So I'm trying to find ways. So I've been going back and watching some Duke highlights and things. And I will say a lot of the time, like, people have been saying this and, and raising this, but his receivers were dropping balls. I mean, he didn't have elite receivers at his disposal. He doesn't with the Giants either. But he seems to be able to make the throws, at least in the preseason. He's, he's you know, we call him Danny Dimes. Uh, that's kind of been his nickname. He's he's been able to place the ball in pretty impressive uh, spots. But once again, it's the preseason. Like, what can you really take from the preseason? It abs- it means nothing. Let me see him do it on a few Sundays and, and start winning some games, and then I'll, I'll let you know if I'm buying a Daniel Jones jersey or not. Real quickly before we get out of here, Team Thad point guard Matthew Morrell released his top five. Florida, Ole Miss, Auburn, Texas, Vanderbilt. Notable omission is Memphis. Penny has not prioritized Matthew Morrell. What's your take right now on his recruitment? Who stands out and who might be leading? Uh, I think Vanderbilt's going to get him just because his head high school head coach, Faraji Phillips, was hired uh, at Vandy by Stackhouse. That move, just you could tell right then and there why. Faraji's a tremendous guy, great coach, great with kids, but you knew exactly why he was going to Vanderbilt. It was to open up Memphis for Vandy just because you have Penny Hardaway to, to compete with. So uh, I think with Faraji going, to me, that literally said when Memphis wasn't in that top five, to me, that just said, okay, he's going to Vanderbilt. He's going to play for Faraji Phillips. But at the same time, man, I'm not discounting Kermit Davis on the recruiting trail at all, just to see what he's been able to do with Ole Miss has come a long way in basketball recruiting, as obviously you can tell the people more than me, but um, it's still not some of the other schools. So uh, what he's been able to do so far leaves me pretty confident about Ole Miss's chance at landing him. I just don't think that with Faraji Phillips, his high school head coach now in Nashville, I just feel like he's he's going to go to Vanderbilt. What you're seeing right now is Vanderbilt and Ole Miss jockeying for position to be that number two to Memphis for Memphis players. Yeah, because I'm telling you what, man, my guy Rick Barnes, he's got no shot. He needs to go to Nashville. He needs to go to all these other spots in Tennessee. Memphis people, especially after what happened last year with all the Penny Rick Barnes drama, these kids are just not going to respect Tennessee. They're just not the elite ones that Penny wants. He'll get. Yeah. Vanderbilt and Ole Miss just need to be the team that when they don't get their Memphis offer, they go, OK, I'm going here. Right. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea on Twitter. Check him out on Channel 5 in Memphis. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Ben, thank you, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Hopefully you're in Memphis. And uh, as always, man, really enjoy coming on. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.